Amen. All right. Youth got some work to do, huh? Honey, you got the list going? That's my list. Yeah. Okay. In fact, y'all head home with me right now. <laughs> I want to welcome you to week three to Grace Anatomy. If you've been having listened online, it's our third week of Grace, um, the Grace of God. First week we talked about saved by grace. That was Easter. Last week we talked about redeemed by grace. And this one, this week we want to talk about chosen by grace. And I said it earlier that we want you to. I know God. Our God is a righteous judge. But and all of us look at him only as the judge, but not the father. And we don't recognize grace in the Bible sometimes because first we beat ourselves up so much. And then we think God wants to beat us up, which stuns our relationship with God. You got to recognize in the Bible, everyone God chose, he built the relationship before the, the rules and his work came. Remember that God always leads off with a relationship before he leads off with the rules and the work. As American Westerners, we think about God leads off with the work, the rules and the work, and forget the relationship. But he, always, he flips it. It's all about initiating a relationship first, then the rules, and then the work. And why? Because of God's grace. Because he knew we were people who would not initiate the relationship with him first. But he always establishes a relationship before he establishes his work. And I want to spend a few moments just talking about God's grace, how we were chosen by the grace of God to bring change to a dying world. God's grace, by his grace, he chose us to clean up what we messed up. Remember, we talked about when Jesus died on the cross. Even the disciples thought he was going to stay there and build his kingdom in Jerusalem. If God wanted to do that, he could have done that any way he wanted to. He could have fixed it as fast as possible. But he has chosen us to clean up what sin messed up. And what an honor that you're chosen. Now, you have to go beyond the emotions. And you've got to recognize the truth that you're chosen. Because I'm going to read you a scripture out of 1 Peter where the people were dispersed. The Israelites, some of the Israelites, the Gentile Christians were dispersed. Persecution was, on, was, on, was coming upon them. And they didn't feel like they were chosen. But it didn't negate the fact or the truth that they, are cho- they were chosen. Just as we are chosen today. To clean up what sin messed up. Everything wrong in the world, guys, is related to sin. If we properly diagnose it, we can give the proper medicine to it, which is the gospel of Jesus Christ. Not more laws, more love. We don't need more laws because that brings less love. If we have more love, that brings less law. So let's spend a few moments looking about what it means to be chosen. And I think why I set all that up this morning, to show you something. Because God never leads off telling you about your past. He always leads off where you are in the present and to the future. He doesn't remember your sins. That's why Jesus died on the cross, to be forgotten. 
He sees the potential in you like we do as leaders here in Grace Point, And he wants to mine that potential out of you and get into the God-given role that God has created you to be. First Peter chapter 2, verses 9 and 10. That says, but you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for his own possession. Man, I'm glad I've been claimed by God. That's where you heard the song, God's property. That's where it came from. You're God's property that you were bought. He bought us. That you will proclaim the excellence of him who called you out of darkness into what? His His light. I don't even have a light, but he has a light. His marvelous light. Ten. Once you were not a people, but now you are God's people. Say this. I'm God's person. Say it again. I'm God's person. You'll get it. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. That's some good news right there. You should have been cheering when I I called you a chosen race. A holy nation, a unified nation, called by God. Your royalty, a royal priesthood. Now, I, I grew up Lutheran. The priest did all the work. In the Old Testament, the priest would go into the holies of holies for the people. Well, now I'm royalty, and I'm a priest. So I can go into God's presence. Amen? Amen. That's good stuff. Because in his presence is where the power is. We're not called a person. We had no ownership. We were lost. No direction. Then we became people of God with direction and a purpose. What God's grace? Now, he didn't say, okay, you were a chosen generation. But, guys, you were so messed up back here in the past. That this, 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 this. Now let's go back to who you were. No, he starts off with a moving forward. A chosen generation. Now you got to understand something, guys. It's not about being perfect. It's about being chosen. It's not about fixing yourself up. You're chosen. You're chosen to do great things for God here on earth. You're chosen to do great things for your family. You're chosen to change the environment of your workplace. You're chosen to change a generational tree in your, in your household. You're chosen to do great things for God. If you know Jesus Christ is your Lord and Savior, you are chosen. Someone forgot to tell you that. You thought, and a lot of us think, I'm a Christian, and I will go to church maybe once a month or two times a month, Every week, listen to three songs and a boring guy. No. He says, you are chosen to do great things for me here on the earth. They're looking for Jesus. Let me tell you about people who don't know Jesus personally. They're looking for him. They read him in the Bible when they go to hotel rooms, and they go out looking for Jesus in us. And what we say and how we act is how they determine Christ in the world. That's amazing stuff. What an honor. I said in prayer, we have to have, God has a sense of humor. He chose me. 
The kid with a temper problem? The kid had no grace in the military? I had no grace. I'll fire you in a minute. Because you have to get the work done. And when I first came on staff here, I fired everybody. Not fired them, fired them from serving. I used to go in my office. Everyone was scared to go in my office. Oh, you going to pass the rich off? Yeah, I guess you ain't coming out. <laughs> I hack it up. It's the law. Psh, gotta get work done. Psh, gotta get my quota in. Psh, you better get saved or get lost. Okay, I'll get saved. I scare people into getting born again. <laughs> it's a law, law. And I worked hard. I worked real hard. Because in the military, you have to serve your commanding officer. You got to please him. And I took that in the kingdom of God. And I always wanted to please the pastor. And I wanted to please everybody else. And then my wife called me to decide, are you doing this because God said so? Are you doing this because they asked you to? And I got caught up in the works of God, not in the grace of God. Because I worked hard. And I hope this, because this is how I grew up. My dad never came to my football games. And when he did come, I want to do the greatest thing. Hope he's watching. I'm going to make a catch. Playing basketball. Hope he's watching. Come on, dad, show up. And I go off. Missed a few shots. And I worked hard for his approval. Then I came in the kitchen. I worked hard for God's approval. Even when it failed, I felt like I failed. I, I got messed around. I didn't recognize it wasn't about what I did. It's about who I was. Because if it was what I did, Jesus would have never died on the cross for us. He died for who we were and who we are now. See, I worked hard. Because it's not about being perfect and having it all together. It's about being chosen. And you can learn this. You heard this before. He doesn't call it qualified. He qualifies the call. Then he says you want you to proclaim, sh- proclaim his excellence here on the earth. When you look at the word proclaim, it means to show forth, to tell out, to advertise. Guys, it's okay to walk for God and stand up for God. Because like she sa- as uh, Crystal said, when they see you, they should see Christ in you. When they see you, they should see the remnants of Christ the full impact of Jesus Christ in you. We're the ones with the mercy. We're the ones with the grace. We're the ones with the love. We're the ones with the, per- uh, with the patience. Call the fruit of the Spirit. Not the judgment. You know, a lot of people know what we're against, but a lot of people don't know what we're for. If we don't like what's in office, Pray. Or here's another one. Vote. Because a lot of us don't vote, but we complain. See, we're the ones with the grace. Now I want to share something about a, a man that we call the father of faith. Abraham. First name started off with Abram. He was Chaldean. He was from Chaldea. He wasn't even a Jew. He was Chaldean. And God chose him to be the father of faith and the father of many nations. And where are his offspring? I'll connect the dots in a moment. But he wasn't perfect. 
In fact, he had a lot of issues. God showed up. Here's Abraham. Abraham. Abraham was this. He had no influence, no children, no homeland, but he was chosen and he received a covenant promise. Sound like us. Got no influence. Nothing. Everything good in my life came from Jesus. But he had a covenant promise. Let's go to Galatians. I mean, sorry. Genesis 12, 1 through 4. Listen to what God said to him. He chose him. Now, the Lord said to Abram, go from your country and to your kindred and to your father's house, from your father's house, to the land which I will, what, show you. And I will make you a great nation and bless you and make your name great so that you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you and whom who dishonors you I will curse. And in you all the families of the earth shall be blessed. Abraham's response. So Abraham went out as the Lord had told him and Lot went with him. Abraham was 75 years old when he departed from Haran. 75 years old, getting a, being chose by God to bring change to the world. Does God have a sense of humor or what? And by the way, we're going to give you a child, Abraham, to be there and have the inheritance of all the people. Wow. Really? I'm 75 years old. Yeah, that's right. I don't even feel like it. Don't matter what you feel. I'm God. Am I talking to somebody? Don't matter how you feel. You're chosen. God has something special for you. It don't matter if you feel good or not. Go as he says and do what he tells you to do. Have fun at it because he's already set it all up for you. Now, Abraham goes, chapter 12. Chapter 13, he runs into a little obstacle, a famine. So he goes down to Egypt. And guess what he does? Has a great time. He sell, tries to tell us, he told everybody, tell, he told his wife, let me slow down. I want everyone we meet down in this land, tell them that you're my sister. Okay. So he does that. And God protected him. And it says he went, after he went down to Egypt, he had to go back up to where he was going. So he took a little detour. Some of us take detours when God calls us out. We get a little fed up with the detours, don't we? But he's teaching us something. He builds a relationship before he put the rules in. There was no such thing as a law there. It was just relationship being established. So if you have grace for your relationship with him, have grace for yourself in your relationship with him. Now, he fell short, and God corrected him, put him back on the path. Then he has Lot, his nephew. Great guy. Splits up. Chapter 15, something interesting happens. God meets him again. He, has a, he makes a covenant with him. Now, how God loves his relationship with us, he meets us where we are. Remember I said that Abraham was Chaldean. He is from Chaldea. He was Chaldean. So God met him where he was with this covenant. He cut a Chaldean covenant with him. So he would understand he can communicate with Abram. And what it is, you take animals and you split them in half. Tell them to get the animals. It's in there. You got to read it. And they have a blood trail in the middle. And what it is, when you cut covenant, it's like marriage. It's bilateral. We both go down the middle. And we agree to agree. 
And whoever breaks the covenant warrants death. Interesting thing happens. He put Abram to sleep. God walks down the trail. He has a torch and he has smoke going down the trail. It went from bilateral to unilateral. And all that you see in that, in that, in that picture, that the responsibility and the fulfillment of that covenant resides in God alone, not us. In God alone. He's going to get it to come to pass. But he wants to build a relationship with each and every one of us. That's what makes it fun. The pressure's not on me. The pressure's on the promise. He is in charge of it. He cut it. I'm going to connect this to it. A unilateral covenant that God's responsible for fulfilling. Now, he's God who created something out of nothing. He could have did like that, but he decided, I'm going to use my creation, who I dearly love, to bring this to pass. Because you got to remember, guys, we're chosen not because we're great. We're chosen because we're loved. Not because we're great. It's because we're loved. In fact, give me that scripture out of Deuteronomy. Chapter 7, 6 through 8. For you are people holy to the Lord, set apart the Lord your God. The Lord your God has chosen you to be a people for his treasured possession. Out of all the peoples on the face of the earth, it was not because you were more in number, more than any other people that the Lord set his love on and chose you, for you are fewest of all people. But because it was the Lord loves you, man, And it's keeping the oath that he swore to your father's covenant that the Lord has brought you out with the mighty hand and redeemed you, I learned that last week, from the house of slavery, from the hand of Pharaoh king, Pharaoh king of Egypt. Wow. You know, I was walking on Thursday. And the Lord said this to me. Say this to the people. There's some guys here who might be going through a rough time in a relationship with a with a lady. And some ladies here who are, going, who are married are going through a divorce. Same thing with the guys. And this is, this is not to be prideful. But he said to say this to you guys, whoever you are. It's their loss. Because you're precious. Amen. Possession. It's their loss. Right. Not your loss. It's their loss. Because you're, you're, you're possessed by God. God loves you. Yeah. As long as God loves you, he'll bring the right one to you. But it's their loss. They're moving out of a blessed place. So don't you, don't you fret. Because you're blessed by God. So it's their loss. They're stepping down out of something. Like he went down to Egypt. You're stepping up with God. Build that relationship with him. Be intimate with him. You want influence? Influence comes to intimacy. You'll be influential with God. He'll make you influential in this world. You'll be intimate with him. 
Don't miss anything. And I'm not trying to be prideful. I'm just trying to tell you the truth. Stay lost. It's, you know, it's not wrong, church, to walk puffed up sometime in Christ. So people could distinguish, oh, they're, not, they're the ones that are not worried. Because they're going to ask you questions. Why are you so joyful when everything seems to be falling apart? How'd you get this job? How'd you get this job? Well, answer the question. It wasn't because I was smart. God gave it to me. Back to the covenant, unilateral covenant. How we're connected to it. Hebrews 6.13 says this. It's talking about Abraham, the covenant, called the Abrahamic covenant. For when God made a promise to Abraham, since he had no one greater by whom to swear, he swore by himself. And he goes, read on later on. It's impo- God made an oath and it's impossible for God to lie. Now, let me tell you how crazy this is. He makes the covenant in chapter 15. So Abraham and his wife, Sarah, has a new plan. We'll help God out and we'll have a child with my maidservant. Let me try to help God out. That should have disqualified him, don't you think? You went against me, Abraham. You should be done, man. You're done. You're toast. It's over. I'm going to start with someone new. No. God met him back in chapter 17. He did it when he was 86 years old. God met him again at 99 and says, I'm not done with you. And and re-engaged the covenant. He said, walk before me blameless. In fact, like this, you know what it means? Walk with me with your hands off it. You don't need to help me. I'm God. He didn't kill him. He didn't judge him. He didn't bring it up. In fact, they tried to get rid of it. Uh, uh, what's his name? Ishmael. Couldn't do it. God brought him back. The grace. Now, if you want to know about military history, because that took place, we're fighting all the time. I don't have time to go into that. But see God's grace. Now, how are we connected to Abraham, guys? How are we chosen? How are we such a chosen people? Why do I get excited about this? Because it says this in Galatians 3, 9. So then, those who are of faith, how many of faith? Are blessed along with Abraham, the man of faith. (laughs) We have his blessing. Whoever blesses you, God will bless. That's what makes you so influential. Don't go after, don't worry about your enemies. Whoever turns you down, got to deal with the Father. So covenant, all the way, the grace of that covenant, all the way from the beginning, resides in it. We're his offspring. That's why sowing reaping works. That's why, our, and it's called in that, in that covenant, that our children's children will be greater. We'll do greater things. We'll be leaders. There's leaders back there. Because God promised it. Kings will come from you. I get emotional because I see it in each and every one of you, but you got to see it for yourself. You got to stop walking on. Everyone wants to celebrate failure. Celebrate the victory of God that you're breathing today. Another day, chosen his vessel to do something great on campus, to do something great on dais, to do something great in the oil field. I'm chosen. Wow, it has nothing to do with me. He gets the results. I just show up. 
and then God shows out. That's good stuff. I told the guys when we prayed, this is a hard message because no one wants to believe that they're winners. We live our lives out as winners for the T-bowls of the world, to this guy in the world. And you forgot that you're sitting right next to a hero. You're sitting right next to a winner. It's easy when you, and you got a lot of people around you. But the greatest thing in your life is every day you get up and you love your wife. Every day you get up and you love your kids. Every day you go to work and make a change. That's heroes. And then quit and then give up. Those are heroes. And we see it in each and every one of you. But you got to let the devil go. Because the only way he gets to you is when you agree with him. He's a counterfeiter. God created you. It's pure. He counterfeited everything. He counterfeits everything. And the only way he gets positioned in our life is when we agree with him. We agree with him. We doubt our salvation. We doubt that we're holy. We doubt we're chosen. We doubt what are you doubting for? Doubt costs us to get us in the position we are now. And then God said, I got a plan. Here's the truth. My son, he took it all. And he gave it back to each and every one of us. Now go run. Now go jump. And now do great things for me. You're free. But a lot of us, there's another guy who wrote this scripture. The reason why Peter can write this scripture, Peter was with Jesus. He looked just like Jesus. Right there. And he said, we're going to do great things, Peter. But he kept saying, Peter, I'm going to go. Didn't hear him. Jesus died on the cross. Jesus even told him, you guys are going to cut out. Oh, no, we're going to be with you forever. Yeah, until they came. Bam. Now, Peter, bless Peter, he hung around. He denied Jesus three times. Jesus predicted it. Peter had a moment Though Jesus came back up, he had a moment that he doubted that this was ever going to take place. Some of y'all have that doubt right now called the wall of doubt when it's all you got to do is take a step of faith. He said this in John chapter 21. Oh man, <laughs> Jack, this thing ain't working, man. Let's go back to what we used to do. Let's go back fishing. Now, he was a great fisherman before he met Christ. Then he didn't catch nothing. What do you think he caught when he went back? Nothing, because that didn't exist anymore. He was called a fisher of men. He was in Matthew chapter 16. You on this rock, upon your confession, I will build my church, and the gates of hell will not invade, will not touch it. He was appointed. He was chosen. But he tried to go back to the field that he used to be in, but it didn't exist because they're out in the boat catching nothing. Until Jesus came along and said, hey, guys, you out here again? Oh, heard that voice before. Just put it on the other side. See, your past will be successful as long as Christ is in it. So his, all his position was just a few inches off, and they caught all this fish. And they hauled it in. 
and Peter came running back up to Christ. And you know the awkward moments when you have problems with your friends and you don't really want to talk about it. He's eating. How you doing? Yeah. I hope you don't ask me that question. How come I denied him? I sure hope, that's what you guys are walking around with, condemnation. Hope Jesus don't ask me that question. Well, I did last night. Hope you don't ask me because I went to that bar last night. He caught him and said, Peter, you never lost it. He asked him the question three times. Do you love me? Church, do you love Jesus? Church, do you really love Jesus? Church, do you really love Jesus? And there it was. He's restored, never lost it. He thought he lost it, but Christ said, you never lost a job. Guys, because you're going through something, you never lost the position you were at. You never lost the promise. The company's not shut down because you're going through some troubles in your life. Don't look at that trouble as a wall. Look at it as a stepping stone of faith. And don't condemn yourself because you feel a certain way. He's not going to show up and act, hey, the way you want to kill that kid on, in class, man. Yeah, I hope I ain't prophesying, am I? Okay. He ain't going to show you. He's going to say, you're my daughter. I love you. Show them some love because they don't know what love is. That's why they bug you so much. That's why they, they rank on you all the time because they don't know what true love is. And the one who truly loves takes it and, and reciprocates with love. That's what he says. He meets you at the love. You love him. You didn't lose anything. You didn't lose a step. None of y'all lost a step. You just got to go meet Jesus. Because influence comes out of intimacy. Power comes out of his presence. When he showed back up, Peter was relieved because the power of God was right in front of him. He might have felt condemned, but Jesus thought, well, he, the way God sees you, I don't see you as a condemned. I don't see you as a loser. I don't see you that you're falling short. All I see is my son and my daughter who are going to do great things for God. They might have took away off to Egypt, but they're coming right back because I'm on that plan. They're in my plan. They're in my life. I love them. <laughs> Good stuff. Hard to comprehend nowadays. But I don't care how much you've messed up. You might have broke fellowship, but you didn't break covenant. Everyone stay. Went a, long, a little long on this one. Church, do you love them? Church, do you really love them? Church, do you love them? You're restored. show up so God can show out in your life. It's a covenant. And the greatest thing is, I don't have to produce anything. He produces, he already produced the victory. See, the New York Jets ain't had nothing on Jesus. That's a temporary win. We permanently won. And those who don't know Jesus, get to know who Christ is. I'm going to have our life group leaders come up. Any life group leaders? We're going to close this way. If you need prayer, you need someone to believe for you, you're going through a tough time, 
after service, just come up and get some prayer. I don't believe God wants you to do anything on your own. It's all about his grace and his love. I want you to really, what you heard today, process that. Meditate on that because meditation brings revelation. I gave you a shotgun effect, but meditation brings revelation. You meditate on the goodness of God. That's what brings repentance, not the harshness. Think about his grace. Meditation brings revelation. You get in Abraham and saw how unperfect he was, but he was chosen. So glad that I'm not perfect. And I hope you don't hold me into a perfect stance. God holds you as his child, children. I'm going to pray. In fact, Jack.